You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. If you're a fan of this show, Brent, Brian, Connor, Erica, and myself have a big favor to ask of you incredible listeners. As you know, the show is supported by ads and ads that we work really hard to make sure are both relevant to photographers and companies we actually trust. And we need you wonderful listeners to help us out by filling out a completely anonymous survey at podsurvey.com slash master. You can optionally choose to provide your email address to be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card after you complete the survey. It's totally optional. If you want to remain anonymous, you don't provide us the email. <laughs> and it won't be, it'll be completely anonymous. It'll only take about five minutes and it would be a massive support to the show if you would do that. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the survey. But again, you can find it at podsurvey.com slash master. We appreciate the support from our listeners. Welcome in to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I am Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and today I am joined by my good friend, Levi Sam. Been a bit since we've had you on, Levi. How are, you, how are things? It's good. I was just filling out a podcast survey. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> yes, excellent. I'm, I'm glad. You, sh- you should. That would be great to have you fill out that podcast survey. You bet. Yeah. You bet. Anything to help. Yeah, that would be really good. Well, Levi, I have a topic for this episode that um, that I think you were interested in to- doing too because you recently posted out on the social media networks um, an article that actually is not very new. It was back in 2016 that you wrote over at photofocus.com. Uh, flash sync speed was the topic of the article. And you got a whole bunch of feedback about this. It, and, <laughs> and it seems like no matter how many times I have talked about it with the listeners, how many times it's come up, like, I mean, I've, I've talked about this concept over and over. There's new people that come into the photography space all the time and right. they don't get it. They don't understand what it is. And it's it's kind of confusing. It takes some kind of technical explanation. So we're going to try to provide an episode today to, to demystify that a little bit and, and see how we can do. Our challenge, <laughs> though, and your, your mission today <laughs> is... is to do this in an audio only format. I mean, we'll, we'll put some show notes out that will have some, actually some, some images to look at, um, that we're going to talk about kind of towards the end of the show. But it's, it's going to be tough, I think, to try to describe this in an audio only format. We'll see, we'll see how you do. <laughs> so these diagrams aren't going to work. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a little right. hard to, to have that be there. Um, no, it's all right. okay. I've, I'm pretty proud of the diagrams I put in that article. Actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we'll link to that article in the show notes so that people can see that. Um, they're, they're very impressive. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like can, it. We can definitely talk it out. Like, yeah, it's not that it's just, it's just a thing. You just, it's just one of the things you learn. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's not so that let, big a deal. Let's get yeah. to it. Let's let's start talking about this. I want to first start with max sync speed. That's yeah. a term that a lot of photographers use, max sync speed. I see this constantly on our Facebook group. 
um, which listeners can join, by the way, if you go to facebook.com and you search for Master Photography Podcast, there's a group there that you can join. Um, and there's a, a really good community, very positive focused community that's all very willing to help each other because we all realize we're on the same journey to master our photography and, and we get there as together. It takes a village to get there. So, um, <laughs> so we, we have a very supportive group that, that's over there. I see it posted constantly where someone will have an image that has like partial, a portion of the photo is lit very well and a portion looks very, very dark, sometimes even totally black. Um, and you know, immediately someone will say, well, it's maxing speed. That's what you, you've grown up against the maxing speed. And inevitably someone's like, okay, but what the heck is Mac? What is that? Right. What is maxing speed? So I want you to take a crack at defining what that is. Sure. Can I first tell you what your shutter does? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I- your, your shutter, your shutter on your camera, and this is true, whether you've got a mirrorless camera or a DSLR or even, um, like most point and shoots still have shutters and your shutter is like, imagine if you had a curtain rod and you put two shower curtains on it and it's hanging up in the bathroom and you push, you, uh, you, you cover the whole shower with one of the curtains. So it's closed. That's your shutter is closed. And then you open that curtain and now your shutter is open. And then you close the other curtain and now your shutter's closed. Mm-hmm. Is that clear? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So yes. that, that's how your shutter works. Like it's got two, two things that cover the sensor and one of them opens and then the other one closes. And when you have a flash going off, you need to have both of them all the way open so that your whole photograph is illuminated by the flash. Yeah, the flash, you don't want it to have to fire when when a part of the sensor is covered by one of those curtains. Exactly. That's and so that's that's the problem and when you have a black bar across part of your photograph, it's because your flash wasn't firing in sync with your shutter being all the way open. And so um this and this only matters with flash. If you're using sunlight, the sun is always on. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you're using if you're using light bulbs, the light bulbs are continuously on. Um, interestingly, if you're using LEDs or fluorescents, you may see this five or six times across your frame all at once because right. they're actually turning on and off sixty times a second or more, and and they they may leave you with these little bars, and that, that's called scanning. Um, but when you're using a flash that you know is going to turn on for an instant, then uh, then then you've got to have it in sync with your shutter being open all the way. And so your maximum sync speed, your max sync speed, your X sync speed, uh, these are all the same thing. And that is the maximum shutter speed you can use where both shutters will be all the way open um, and, and the flash can go off during that time. If, so if you're using a faster shutter speed and, and typically just right up front, that's usually between one, one eightieth of a second and one, two fiftieth of a second is for, for almost all cameras. It's right in there. All modern cameras. Anyway, uh-huh. my, um, my Pentax K1000 was one sixtieth of a second wow. was the max sync speed. Okay. That was a, a film camera in high school, <laughs> but, uh, so it's it's got to be open. If you're using like one one thousandth of a second, then the second curtain is closing, while the the 
it starts closing before the first curtain has totally opened. Right. So at that speed, there is, and there is never a moment where the entire sensor is exposed for light. Right. So there's this there's this little slit traveling across the front of the sensor, and the light coming through that slit is hitting the sensor. Yeah. So no matter how you set up your flash, it doesn't matter. Your your flash is going to pop, and there's only going to be a piece of the sensor that receives the light from that flash. That's why exactly. that's what we want to avoid. That's what max sync speed is about. Is telling you your uh, fastest shutter speed that you can use for your camera, and it is specific to your camera where the entire sensor is going to be exposed so that that flash power, the light coming from the flash, will reach the all of the sensor. Yeah, so that's... Um, and, and there's no there's no bottom end to this. Like, you can use a five-minute shutter speed sure. and you won't have any issue. And we'll talk about that later, right? Yeah, yeah. Because this is, this is like... This is the dumb half of it. This is the... I hate my camera half. <laughs> is when I run into this black bar. I hate my camera <laughs> yeah. because it gives me this black bar across my picture. But there's some really fun stuff we can do, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And it's really disconcerting when when a photographer first runs into it, they think their camera's broken. They're, they're, right. That's usually the response is, what's wrong with my camera? I spent so much money on this camera, and now I got a flash, and I'm trying to use it, and I think it's broken. What's wrong with it? And, uh, and, and I totally get it. I, I would have yeah, thought and, that too. And the thing is, like, if you buy a Nikon camera and a Nikon flash, you'll never have this problem. It just won't let you have this problem. But if you buy a Nikon camera and a Niwer flash or a Young Noah flash or an Alien B flash, then you can have this problem. And then you're thinking, ah, oh, I should have just bought the more expensive one. But it'll still work. Yes. <laughs> right. The third-party stuff can work just great. You just have to be aware of how to use it as a tool. Like any of the stuff with the camera, you have to just learn how to use it. How to make right. it go. All right. So, yeah, the, the max sync speed is something you have to look up in your user's manual. They have to go there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or, well, or if you just put a flash on top of your camera, many of them won't let you go faster than your f- max sync speed. Right. Um, yeah. The, the less expensive young NUA controller that I've had a lot of experience with will fully let you do that. <laughs> no oh, yeah, problem as a controller. controller. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When you use it as a wireless controller, uh, no problem. Let you go right over the top of the maxing speed and people run into this issue. And they've been heavily recommended on this podcast and by a lot of people as a really good but inexpensive way to get into Flash. And so it's a very common right. problem for people to run into. Yeah, so, I use them. I use the Cowboy Studio triggers to, to fire my... Uh, Cowboy Studio and Knee were just the super dumb ones that right. fire my alien bees. Right. Okay. And then um, another thing you can do is just leverage Google. So the, the user's manual is going to have it in there. It may not call it max sync speed. There may be different terms <laughs> that are yeah, in there. It'll say sync somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, so probably get sync. The, get the PDF of your manual and, 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 and look for flash. Sync. But if you do a Google search for your camera, mm-hmm. make sure it's the specific make and model because it changes even from yes. you know, different models have different sync yes. speeds. So you have to make sure it is exactly to your camera and just search for like if you were, if it was, I use a Canon 7D Mark II. So if you search Canon 7D Mark II max sync speed, you'll probably get a result as one of the very first things because Google's just so smart that will tell you what the, what the max sync speed is without even having to go into the owner's manual. So just try that out. See if it shows it for your camera. 
uh, make and model. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So you think we we made sense of maxing speed? I think so. Like, <laughs> I think so. So don't don't be intimidated by it. It's it's not that big a deal. It just means you got to watch if you're using a uh, a flash to yeah, stay friend, under that. My friend David Zeiser uses it as an effect. Ah. Like knowing that that's going to happen, he he uses that outdoors and puts like the thing he doesn't want illuminated because it's only the flash illumination. So when he's right. outdoors, he puts the section of the picture that he doesn't want illuminated by the flash in that area. And then uh, it makes the subject that he's illuminating pop just a little bit more. <laughs> so cool. Like any of these technical things we ever talk about, it can be used creatively if you if you have a vision and you're going to go create. Which I, you know what I need to I need to thank you, Levi, for terminology that I've picked up from you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last time you were on the show, you used the word when we were talking about uh, taking photos. You always use the term creating photos, making or yeah, making yeah, photos, making, making yep, photos, making or creating. Yeah, um, because there's a whole lot more involved than just pushing the shutter <laughs> and taking <laughs> right. a photo. Anybody can push that shutter button and take a photo. But creating or making a photo is a whole lot more involved with it. Really understanding how you can use all of the wonderful tools we have today to help us make a photo, taking a vision of what we want to accomplish using the model, using the the landscape, whatever you're, you're, you're photographing and taking that through to a vision that's making a photo or creating a photo. I have been working really hard to make sure I say it that way. Instead right on. Of I'm taking a photo. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I can help. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a good distinction. I think something worth trying to change the way I, I talk about things. So uh, right on. Yeah. Credit to you points to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not, I mean, not me, you know, like goes back to Ansel Adams. It goes, like <laughs> okay, Scott Warren started saying it way before I did, but I just make it part of my, daily conversation is is just how i say it so yeah okay. but it does it changes the way i think about it too it does it does it makes it makes it so that i'm more conscious of um having that vision and that produces better images than taking a photo does so excellent all right let's let's talk about another sync thing with flash right another common question that comes up pretty quick it's saying, well, okay, the max sync speed means I can't go faster than, let's say your camera, it's, a, it's one two hundredth of a second because a lot of them are at that. Right. Um, but I want to take a photo of something where I need to sync it wave. Like I need a shutter speed a lot higher than that to, to freeze motion. Um, and so what's the, the common solution that people jump to next is high speed sync. We're going to talk about can you do it without in a second, but define... Levi, you did such a good job with maxing speed. <laughs> Define what high speed sync is. So high speed sync uh, works with your camera. So you have to have a smart flash to do this. You have to you have to have one that, like on Canon, uses the ETTL, or on Nikon uses the ITTL. And um, the reason is that your camera communicates with your flash or with your flash transmitter and says, I'm using this shutter speed and that means the shutter is going to go this fast and you've got to keep up. And so the, the flash then instead of putting out one strong burst of light, it puts out, you know, 20 little bursts in the same amount of time. 
And those 20 little bursts are filling in each of those slices of shutter as it moves across the screen, as it moves across the sensor. Right. So it's, it, and it's imperceptible to your eyes. You, you can't see it flashing right. that quickly because, you know, it's, it's happening within one, one, one thousandth of a second or whatever. Um, and so that, that's all it is, is your flash is pulsing instead of a single bright light and it's able to keep up. And many of them are able to keep up, up to your camera's maximum shutter speed, like an eight thousandth of a second. Right. And yeah. that's pretty cool. So it's, um, it's really trying to make it feel like as the shutter's going, that the light is constant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it like, it is measured. Like, <laughs> if you think about it, it, it can't, it can't put out two pulses when one strip of right. of sensor is across. Like there can't be overlapping pulses. When I first because then you have this little bright spot on your photograph. Exactly. When I first So it is really precise. When I first heard about how this works, I thought, that is amazing. How did yeah, they make it so that cool. it doesn't overlap and make bright bars across it or or not overlap and or or like have a gap and have black yeah. bars that are there? It's like, what really? They they figured out how to make these things think <laughs> so synchronized that it looks perfect. Like even lighting all the way through, and there's that flash is popping 20 times while the shutter's going, really? Yeah. Um, but then again, these are electronics. Have, have you ever seen the Star Trek movies? Uh, some of them, yeah. There, there's the one where Picard and Data, like Data has just been tempted to join the bad guys or whatever. Uh-huh. And, he's, and Picard says, did you, did you consider it? And he says, 4.00007637 seconds I did. <laughs> Which was an eternity for him, you know? Right, right. like electronics are thinking so quickly that doing that just isn't, isn't a hard thing. However, um, the whole system is limited by the flashbulb and the capacitors in, in there. Right. And a capacitor is like a really quick battery. It fills up with power and then dumps it really fast, allowing the flash to, to go really quickly. But it has to fill up. And so you're not getting a full power flash during that pulsing. It significantly reduces the brightness of your flash to do this. And if you do like two or three shots in a row that are taking a lot of power, your flash is going to go boop, beep, 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 something. And, and it means that it isn't recharging to full power in between shots. Right. And um, previously it was possible to like melt the front of your flash <laughs> right. doing this too much because the bulb is, is hot. It's like a lightning bolt going off inside that, that flash head every time. Yeah. I, I am amazed by it. I've only recently got into a trigger that supported it. Yeah. So, and, well, and that's, that's, that's the thing is that that's why you buy the young for Canon or you buy the, the one for Nikon or for Sony or for, micro four thirds or whatever, because it's communicating with the camera and giving you this smart stuff. Right. If you just buy the manual trigger, you don't get this option. Right. Okay. So now, now you might depends on the camera, depends on the, the trigger, the flash, all of that has to be together. And it, you might be able to go all the way up to the maximum shutter speed of your camera. You have to go check right. out all the specs and see, but a lot of them do support that. But who cares? Like, why do you even want to do that? Right. Right. <laughs> that that was going to be kind of the, the other part I wanted to talk about this was, okay, so does that mean if you, let's, it's obvious 
something action that, that you want to take. Maybe a photographer would think this is the obvious solution to that. I'm going to be taking a picture of an app, uh, taking a picture. See, I just screwed it up. I'm going to be creating <laughs> a picture <laughs> of an athlete jumping in the air. And you immediately think, at least I did when I was first getting into this, was, well, I need a fast shutter speed. I, I need probably at least two times the focal length, maybe even four times to really freeze the motion. And we're talking about, you know, one, two thousandth or, or faster shutter speeds if I'm only using ambient light to be able to capture and freeze that motion. So yeah, does, like if you're photographing football players, you want yeah. to be at least a thousandth of a second, right? Okay, so if if you are going to add flash to that scenario, maybe not football, that's probably not going to be allowed, but <laughs> but the dancer that's in a studio and you want to get a really nice shot of them in their doing their dance. Um and and you want you are going to think I need to get to a faster shutter speed. Is is that truly why do you have to go to high speed sync to capture that thing? It is not true. Oh, it is what? not true. If you're in a <laughs> if you're in a studio, which should be a controlled lighting environment, you just turn off the flash, take the trigger off your camera, and choose the aperture you want. So when, whenever you're using flash, do this: choose the aperture you want to use because that's part of your creative setup, right? I want a super shallow depth of field. I need a little more depth. I'm shooting a dancer. I probably need more depth. Depending on the camera I'm using and lens I'm using and my distance from my subject, you know, I, I want something like f5.6 to f11 on this dancer. Okay. If you are in a room that uses light bulbs and they're set in the ceiling and they're like 60 watt light bulbs, if you're using f11 and ISO 200, it is probably a black picture. Right. No matter that like at, at a 50th of a second, you know, so... Right. You've got a black setup, and that's what you that's what you're going for because you're trying to sculpt the light around your subject as you're making it as you're making this picture so that um, only your flashes are illuminating your dancer. And it doesn't matter how fast your dancer's going. He could be break dancing, he could be doing flips and ballet and stuff. It doesn't matter. You could use a thirtieth of a second shutter speed, but because the flash is firing instantly, it's its duration is so short that that freezes your subject. And interestingly, it freezes better when the flash is darker because a darker flash isn't turned on as long. Right. And so it's not burning the whole scene with light for as long. So if I wanted to, to shoot something really fast and I was having trouble with blur, even though I was using a flash, I wouldn't change my shutter speed. I would change my aperture and my ISO. I would go up to 400 ISO which just doubled the brightness of my flash. Like, this is so, so cool. Anytime you're using flash, don't shoot at 200 ISO. Shoot at 400 ISO because now your flash uses half as much battery and it recycles twice as quick. And the difference between 200 and 400 is, is imperceptible. It's so small. Yeah, right, right. it doesn't matter. And then if you really want to save your batteries, go up to 800. <laughs> because right. like I say, it doesn't matter. Your your subject is well illuminated and you're not going to see noise all over your subject anyway. Um, but you'll get, uh, and it's not twice as long, it's four times longer when you go up to 800. And it's four times brighter when you go up to 800. So you can actually reduce it two whole stops, not just one whole stop uh, in brightness. And so anyway, 
Yeah. Turning down the flash power gives you a faster flash, which gives you a faster recording into the camera. The camera only records what it can see. The light. Yeah. And, yeah. and it just can't see anything for very long when that flash is fast. Right. So to illustrate this as I teach it, I have I have them put their, their shutter speed at 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then I say, okay, now we're going to... Uh, we're going to have the dancer make, you know, the model do a, an action move. We're going to have the flash fire. And then I don't care what you do for the the, rather, the other 28 seconds. <laughs> you can move that camera around everywhere. And we'll, we'll make the ambient light be very dark so that, you know, there's nothing that's going to really light up the, the camera here. Yeah. And, and there, you know, and it never ceases that the people that, that uh, work with me on this are just amazed. Like, what? How does that? How does that work? Yeah, but then it it illustrates the point so well that it doesn't. You're, there's not enough light entering into the camera, even over that thirty second shutter, for it to actually record any more information from the scene than what they got from the pop of the flash. And exactly, it, it's a very cool effect, and we're going to talk about kind of leveraging that with a rear curtain sink in just a second, which will be good. Yeah, which is one of my favorite things Creating in the world. Creating some, some very creative kinds of photos. Um, and, and Levi's got some good examples. Let's talk hypersync next. This is yeah. a, another term that's kind of become more popular only recently. It's not a term that's, that's quite as old. Um, uh, tell, tell us about it, Levi. What is yeah, it, hypersync? It, it may actually be older oh, than really? high speed okay. sync. Yeah, right. it, it may be. I'm not positive about that. I Like Pocket Wizard has been able to do it for almost 10 years. All right. All right. But um, what it is, and it it's the specific brand name for Pocket Wizard, but I many of the of the big studio strobe brands will do this. And this is done with, with model blocks or power packs with a studio strobe. It, it won't happen with a speed light because your speed light can do high speed sync. But what you can do with, with these bigger bulbs is allow them to burn longer. And so that, so that it's, it's still on when the, when the flat, when the shutter's moving across the sensor. Um, and, like that's that's pretty pretty cool too, and it's pretty cool that they can calculate just how long it's going to be and how bright it's going to be, and it's it's going to I don't know it's got some limitations on shutter speed, like you can't go up to the max shutter speed probably. Um, some of them you can, but it's probably a less bright flash. But do you see what I mean? It's just it's just burning the shutter, burning the bulb of the flash longer, so that as the slit moves across the frame. The flash is on for that whole time, right? So, which is kind in those of, electronic terms is really long. <laughs> kind of turning on the flash the whole time, and instead of like high speed sync where it's popping multiple times to light each section as the as the sensor opening of between the curtains moves down across the sensor. Now it's on the entire time. It's not popping multiple times. It's just on the whole time that yeah. that, that slit is moving down the sensor. Yeah, and it feels like the sun just turned on in your studio because <laughs> it's usually pretty bright um, to get it done, and uh, and it's amazing how how it works. But um, it's less common because we're using studio strobes only, and so the high speed sync with with speed lights is certainly easier and more portable. But um, like I believe Pro Photos can do it. I believe the the uh, Bowens can do it, and and uh, 
what's the one that starts with an E? Ectochrome? Ectochrome? Something like that. It's close to that. I don't know. That's it. Ellen Chrome. Ellen Chrome. There you go. That's it. That's it. Ellen Chrome. I was oh, close. Yeah, I, I, I make some little in Ghostbusters in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So those are kind of some of the main sync things that you need to be worried about with Flash. Or in right. that, that last one, it's strobes only, really. There's not, not a lot of flashes. Did you oh, have something else? I had, I had one, one more note for you. It was that like in the, in the why you would need to do this, Oh yeah, yeah. We can we can alter our speed for for inside the studio. We can do things outside as well. Like people always talk about overcoming the sun, right, right, and um, and allowing. And so you darken the whole picture using a darker shutter speed, right? We know that we can we can darken the picture using shutter speed, and then using the high speed sync, you can still illuminate your subject if it's not very far away from your flash to do this. And that's really cool. Um, or if you use a big flash like like Pro Photos with with a camera specific trigger, then you can also do high speed sync with a really powerful flash and have your subject farther away from the light. But if you're using like a speed light, like a SB six hundred or something, your your subject is going to be really close to that flash in order to make it work. But it works well. But it often happens just because people aren't recognizing the situation and aren't changing their settings to match it. And so your, your flash is filling in for you. But if you're using a flash, you should, you should be aware that this is happening. And that's why your batteries only lasted half a shoot. And that's why you melted the gel to the front of your flash (laughs) because you didn't change your settings. If you just turn up your ISO, um, then you can use a slower shutter speed, or if or if you turn down your ISO, oh yeah, if you turn down your ISO, you can use a slower shutter speed, and if you use a, a little smaller aperture, you can get a slower shutter speed and not nuclear strike your flash. <laughs> so. Right. Okay. It, we've we've talked about how you can you can accomplish it at a, a shot where you might think you need a faster shutter speed without it. Yeah, and, you know, we went through that, and I, I hope that's pretty clear to everyone. How about kind of the opposite thing? What, yeah. is, is there a shooting scenario, some some picture you're trying to make, where high speed sync is going to absolutely be required? Let's see. Well, yeah. So if it's noon, and right. I'm trying to do the the runner jumping over the hurdles right right in front of me. Uh huh. And I want to freeze the action, so I need like a thousandth of a second. And and I want the dark, rich sky. Um, and let's add on to and it. I'm using speed lights. You want to blur the background. And, I, and really I want to use want. a wider aperture. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want, a, I want a wide open aperture, and it's sunny outside, and I just have to have a fast shutter speed. Now, I could, I could use um, a neutral density filter or a polarizer, to darken my entire exposure as well and save some power. Uh, just remember to take it off when you go indoors. I often have students show up to class with, <laughs> with a the polarizer on that that's always on. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like wearing sunglasses indoors and it just ruins your autofocus <laughs> for sure. the most part. Um, and so, yeah, like high speed, like freezing action and a big aperture, a wide aperture as in a low f stop would be cases when you need 
when you just have to use it, I guess. Right. Yeah. So if, if you can go indoors, I think you can pretty well do everything you want without it. But when you add the sun and you want to blur the background, I think you can end up with some cases where high speed sync is going to really make things easier for you. Yeah. 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 Um, especially, and it, and it's, I mean, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But it is a cool but feature. But the more I do stuff, like the less shallow aperture I end up using. <laughs> like yeah. the more mature I feel like I get, the less super shallow aperture with flash I end up doing. <laughs> yeah. You, you can separate the, the background with just the difference in the lighting too. You can, make yeah, it. the difference in the lighting, yeah. uh, the composition, sure. the length of my lens. You know, if I, if I, if I use a long lens, then I automatically get a shallower depth of field. Right. And, you know, yeah. As, All right. as you mature. I think we covered the sync stuff. Yeah. Okay. We, I mean, we have one more. We have one more front and rear curtain sync that we're going to talk yes, about. Yes, but this is the fun stuff. This now. is the fun. This is the creative part. We're gonna yes. Get to. But I have to put an ad in first. So, so here, here we go. All right. This is uh, it, it's Nation's Photo Lab. And if you've been listening to the show for the past couple of months, you've heard Brent and I discussing printing quite a bit. And you've heard that I have not been a big fan of printing at least my own stuff. I, I didn't want to print myself. Brent, Brent loves that kind of work. So he's been really big into it. He's been working on a course to, to describe people how to do that. But I have to say that as I have been doing it a little bit myself, I got a printer. And as I've been printing... I am kind of enjoying it a little bit. <laughs> I am having fun uh, creating prints of my photos and uh, it's, it's been enjoyable. And I still probably prefer to print through a lab like Nations. And I really want you to check them out. You want to, you got to check out Nations Photo Lab just to see. They, they really want to win your business and they're offering a way that you can get 15 free square prints so you can try them out. They, they want to win over your business. You can try them out this way. I know a huge portion of our audience uses Instagram and it's such a shame to have those incredible photos that you've worked so hard to create confined to your phone or to the, the people who are going to see it confined to just living on the phone. So I, I want you to head over to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos where you can add code IMPROVE15 and get square 15 square prints for free. You can choose from 4x4 or 5x5 sized prints. They'll put them on their professional quality luster paper. And voila, you've turned your Instagram into instant memories that'll last for years to come. Imagine how you could personalize any space with 15 free square prints from Nations. Uh, the space where you spend a lot of time editing photos, maybe your family room or a wall in an apartment that doesn't have anything on it. You know you have a space where you can put 15 free prints up on the wall in an interesting way and make every moment matter. Nation Photo Labs, they, they really want to win over your business. You need to check them out. Go to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and code improve 15 will get you those 15 free prints so you can check out the quality. So go 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 try it out. It's going to be it's be worth your time. Can um, I can I add to that? Yeah, go ahead. Like there is nothing more fun than watching well there's there's one thing more fun. There's almost nothing more fun than watching your print come out of a printer. I the have thing enjoyed that is it. more fun is watching it like appear in the dark room. Oh, yeah. Like it's amazing. That's an experience I've never had. <laughs> it's it's cool. Like you I highly recommend it. I've got a friend in um 
down in Lehigh and his name's Robert Hall and he does black and white photography courses and you should, you should seriously consider, <laughs> you should get him on the podcast for one thing. He's yeah. great, but uh, it, it's, it's a marvelous experience. And the thing is, it is never cheaper to print your own pictures. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like never. Owning this printer, I've got one sitting here, a big, beautiful printer that I can't use because I didn't use it for a month and now the ink is gone and now it's oh, going to cost yeah. me 400 bucks to buy new ink. And 400 bucks goes a long way at Nation's Photo Lab. <laughs> <laughs> that a is really, right. really long way. Uh, yes. But it is so good. You should. I was going to call you to repentance if you hadn't started printing your stuff yet. I did. I did. Yep. It's marvelous. I've got just, it. just do a five by seven. Like it costs less than a dollar yeah. to print a five by seven. Yep. Yep. And you should print one for all your clients, like my headshot clients. I'll get one because they're not going to. They're not going to print anything. They're just going to use it on their on their digital stuff, you know, on their profiles and things. But I'd love to give them one because it's tangible and it's a reminder and it's real and it works when the batteries are dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Sorry. No, that's no, it, it's good. It's good. I it, Printing is valuable. I don't doubt that at all. I'm just not sure, especially I'm, I'm in the hobbyist photographer here. I, I, this is... Uh, I'm not sure it makes sense financially for me to print my own like at all, but I wanted to learn it. So yeah, no, so it's I fun. Am. It definitely does not make sense financially <laughs> to print your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go so far at Walmart. I mean, so, so, so far. <laughs> I, I do like Costco a little better. I've had better results at, I at like Costco, Costco than too. Walmart. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, they're using Kodak paper. It's, it's going to last 300 years. And it's phenomenal. Less than a buck. <laughs> it's print good, one every week. Good things to do. There's yep. there's lots of photographers that never print anything and, and you got you gotta do it. You gotta yeah. create those those prints. All right, let's talk front and rear curtain. Oh man, I love this stuff. Okay. So we've talked about the fact that there are two curtains. You have the the curtain is kind of there covering the sensor when you go to take the photo. When you, when you push that shutter button, it's totally covering it. Then it starts sliding down. That's the first curtain or front curtain. And terms are interchangeable. There's People yes. will describe these with lots of different terms. But front... Canon says first and Nikon says front. Right. <clears throat> and so so they're interchangeable there. First or front curtain. It starts sliding down and exposing the sensor. Oh. And then at some point, depending on the, your shutter speed, the rear curtain or second curtain is going to drop over the sensor to kind of end the sensor being open or the, the shutter speed and cover your sensor back up, waiting for you to take the next photo. So those are the two curtains. How can you use that Levi? You, you've got a, oh, man. there's a way that you can get kind of creative, add a, yes. a very different look to your photos. How do you do that? So the way your camera is set right now is, is set to front curtain or first curtain. And what that means is that as soon as that first curtain opens all the way, the flash goes off no matter the shutter speed. So, so that's what it means. First curtain is open, bam, flash. And then even if you have a 30-second exposure, it, it'll then finish the exposure and close the second curtain. Or you can change it to second curtain, and then, so then what happens is that first curtain opens, it finishes the exposure, and just before the second curtain closes, the flash goes off. And this changes everything <laughs> because you can induce movement and show movement using 
using these things. And the, the best way, like my camera is just default set now to second curtain. There are, I can't name any situation off the top of my head where I want first curtain if it's available, if, if, I, could, if I can use second curtain. Um, because when it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So if I'm using a fast shutter speed, it doesn't matter if it's first or second. If I'm using high speed sync, it doesn't matter if it's first or second. It's only when you're doing a long exposure, like a 30th of a second down to three minutes, anything like that. And what you do is you open because, because during that exposure, you're going to have other lights on, like you're, you're standing on a street corner or you're at the beach or you're doing a uh, nighttime star exposure. And what you do is you have other things happening while the shutter is open. You have your dancer moving and there's a light shining from behind, shining forth across his his body and giving him this like rim light. And then the flash goes off at the end as he's moved across with this little halo of light on him. And then at the end, it flashes and illuminates his whole body. And at that instant, his body is sharp and crisp and he's in a move or something. Or he's finished a move, and you see this this halo of movement behind him, and it's really cool. Um, or depending on how much light you have shining on him, you see his body moving and swirling, and there's like six arms moving, and then it flashes at the end and freezes his position, and it's just so much fun. You do it at a dance at the at the wedding. Uh-huh, Put right. your curtain on second curtain. And it's essential, in fact, to, to do it second curtain at the wedding because you'll have the DJ's lights are flashing and you, you pop a little bit of flash at the end of the picture to eliminate your, your bride and groom's face after they've just done a twirl or something. And, and it gives all this motion. The crowd is moving around them and it gives all this motion to your photograph. And then their face is illuminated sharp and crisp. If you do that on first curtain... And you've got all these lights going off and your flash fires and then they move, it's going to end up blurry right? and it's right. not going to be discernible. But if you do it second curtain and flash it right at the end, then it, it f- flashes their face and illuminates them more than everything else around them. And, and you end up with this, this cool crispness in a dance picture, like a wedding dance. So there's, there's a whole bunch of shots that you've shared with me that, yeah. where there's this effect going on. And they're cool. These are some super cool shots. Really like, fun. Your subject can move. You can move the camera. You can move the camera and the subject. You can use different lights. Like you can use a, a little glowing red light over here. You can use somebody's cell phone set to a flashlight mode as a backlight to, to give a, uh, an illumination like a rim light from the edge. You can use a black light. I, I think I sent you one with a black light in there. Right. And the first half of the picture they're illuminated with a black light and their, their teeth are glowing and whatever their shirt is doing. And then they turn toward the, toward the flash and fire. And it's just a normal looking photograph. And yeah, there's like, it's endless possibilities. You can write stuff like this is how you, this is how you do flashlights shining toward the camera and write love you forever or whatever. And then flash them together kissing because uh-huh. they spell it first with the flashlight and then come together, uh, for a, for a kiss illuminated by the flash. You can use sparklers and, and flashlights and, um, all kinds of led things that you get free at conferences and stuff. It's just, it's so much fun. Okay. And I'll, I'll make sure to put uh, some examples 
from that Levi shared with me in the show notes. You have to go over to masterphotographypodcast.com to get to the show notes so you can see some of these examples of some very creative ways to be able to uh, to make a photo that looks different. Um, I, and I'll, I guarantee, I'll post them on my Instagram the day you, you okay, do the show perfect. too. When we release the show, then then you can go over to what's your what's your Twitter account or your sorry your Instagram account, Levi. Photo Levi, both Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Levi. Okay, so so you can go over there and and he'll have those images there too. I guarantee that if you play around with this and you go take some of these shots. You're going to have so many people say, how did you make that shot? (laughs) Yeah. How did you take that? How did that work? Plus the people involved in making the picture get excited about it. Like (laughs) you go to the family reunion and you want to have some fun making pictures. You give the kids a sparkler and do this one time and then show them how it works. And you will have an unlimited number of awesome photographs. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the night, let's do another one. Let's try this. Let's yeah, do that. Do let's, this now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They get so excited to see it. Um, and, and just a, a way to make a really, really cool photo that's different. And if, if you're feeling like you're in a rut, this is something that'll yeah. take you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This will um, help. Like there's one in there of a guy smoking a cigar yeah. and the, the background is all kinds of squirrely look like twisty. And that's because there were lights on the hotel behind him. And I just moved my camera in a circle while the exposure's going. And then the flash at the end froze Bill in the spot he was. And, um, yeah, like it's just, it's just so much fun. If, if you do something like that, the key is to start the movement and then start the shutter, like get your, get your circle going and then start the shutter. Or if you're doing like a, like panning, you can pan with it too. Right. And as you pan, you start panning first, click the button and end your pan where the flash is going off. And it takes some experimentation, but really quickly it becomes very cool. And a little goes a long way for sure. But if you're doing any kind of senior photographs or wedding photographs, you can make some of these and just add some serious spice to it. And, and people get excited about it. And they're like, oh, it was so cool. It does, they haven't even seen your photographs yet, but they saw this one on the back of the camera and they know you're a great f- photographer. Right. <laughs> they can't wait to have their friends do it with you. And they get a unique photo that other wedding photographers are just not going to be for, provide. They're not, they're going to, yeah. they're not going to make that photo. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you should practice it so <laughs> that when you get to the dance, you are, ready to rock and roll, you know, go to the, go to the high school dance and do it or set oh, up a yeah. dance in your living room with your kids and, uh, and practice it beforehand so that you know, generally the settings you need to use. Um, but yeah, you pop that off and share it on Instagram that night and holy cow, you're the favorite of the world. <laughs> yes. And people think you're amazing. You're a wizard. You're a wizard. You're a wizard. Yeah. It's a, like, it is so cool to do. It's better than watching your photographs develop in developer. <laughs> Very good. We're coming up with lots of fun things to do as a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we have time for one of these two questions. We had a couple of questions. Levi, you post out on Facebook. Ask if anyone had questions for Flash. I'm going to let you pick as the guest which of the two questions you want to tackle. Yeah, we had one question that asked, how far can you push a one light setup? Yeah. And... I I think with one speed light and an umbrella, you can make a really good living. 
<laughs> right. And then every time, like every time I think I need two lights, this is what Frank Dorhoff says. Every time you think you need two lights, you need one. And then in that extreme situation where three is actually called for, you really just need one. <laughs> every time, uh, and, and I'm speaking specifically about the front. If, if I think I need two lights in the front, I'm wrong. <laughs> there is there is no situation where you need two lights shining on somebody's face. Um, you can use a light and a reflector. That's a that's a great investment. Uh, but as far as illuminating somebody's face from the front, don't use two lights <laughs> ever, never. So, so you might need some on the background, depending on what you're going, what you you're might trying need something to create. On the background. Yeah. yeah, you might need something you on might, the background. You you definitely want something reflecting forward. Um, to shine off there, to give a little a little rim light, perhaps. But these can be; these are absolutely available wherever you're making pictures, except in a studio. <laughs> and so, like, walk around a high school campus and stand in a doorway with your person facing into the shade, and shine a light on their face, and the the sunlight behind them is giving that rim light and giving the definition to the background. Um, Use use a window reflecting the sun walking through the city, and and there's the sun is setting. It's shining on that building over there, and shining forward toward the camera off the off the window. Put my subject right there with that light shining across her cheek, and then I put my light opposite that, my front light opposite that, illuminating her face, and I've got a million dollar photograph right there. Like it is it is so simple to create. Um with with one light and when you try to start adding more than one light it just becomes messy and becomes like it's it's really hard to do well and you can't you end up getting more and more lights i used to work with the guy and one day like i've i've got i've got three lights set up on my on my set we're we're doing a commercial shoot shoot for a big company in utah and i've got one light illuminating the background one light shining on my subject on the front and one light coming from behind for a little bit of rim. And, uh, and I need a little more, I need a little more evenness on the background. So I'm looking for another flash. I like, this is a huge photo studio with loads of flashes all over the place. And I can't find one because this other guy's got 14 flashes (laughs) set up on this other set over here, illuminating, like one of them is illuminating the shoe and and it's not a shoe f- photograph. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, you can get crazy with it yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe his, his picture was better than mine, but I did 12 pictures in the time he did one. So, <laughs> which is a uh, lot to say, I, the more lights, the more complicated you're, yeah. you're adding complexity to your photo and you're especially, unless it's a, a model who's professional and they're used to oh, this man. yeah then your model is gonna get like are we done yet <laughs> Can like, we? Say why? it's like it's like wasted effort it's- oh yeah <laughs> they get so tired so fast like i especially if it's a if it's a family then dad oh, dad has like five shots in him and that's it he's yeah he's, he's not gonna gonna stay there forever and yeah. for you to spend a half an hour getting light set up exactly right to to get the perfect lighting with multiple lights it's just not a good idea <laughs> no don't so don't you know buy buy a speed light and an umbrella and then instead of buying another speed light buy a bigger umbrella <laughs> right <laughs> like i i use the 86 inch um, 
Paul C. Buff umbrella for everything. It's $40. It, you shoot through it, it's white, you shoot through it, and it creates a beautiful soft light that illuminates everybody, and it's awesome. Now, you probably need more than a single speed light in there because uh, it's just not quite enough light coming out To fill out of that there, umbrella, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so put in two. <laughs> put in two speed lights if you need to. Uh, but like, spend your money on modifiers, and it will give you variety more than... Actually, actually, don't even spend your money on modifiers. Spend your money on plane tickets and go go to interesting places and make pictures. <laughs> right. Don't buy any gear. Just go make interesting pictures in interesting places and have fun doing it. <laughs> or go buy one of Levi's five courses over at lynda.com about how to do flash photography. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. Although, I'll tell you a secret. You don't even have to buy them. Your school district probably has a subscription. Your library probably has a subscription. And so you can probably get those lynda.com classes uh, without paying a dime. Or you can use the free trial. Right. I still yeah. get paid either way. So Okay. All right. Yep. So I, we'll put a link to his, his courses over at lynda.com in the show notes as well if you're interested in that. In fact, everything we talked about is all included in the uh, 10 portraits with one light class. There you go. Perfect. Perfect class for this. I love it, Levi. This is right <laughs> up my alley. I'm always looking to simplify stuff and make it easier because there's so many pros that make this so complicated and it doesn't need to be. Oh, sorry. Was it supposed to be complicated? No, no, no. It's absolutely not supposed to be complicated. <laughs> because because when you get up to 320 watt seconds of light coming out of a single <laughs> light source, that's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't even had to talk. You don't need to. You don't need to talk about that stuff. We don't have to. No. Like I like understanding that stuff and it, it helps me explain it to other people having that understanding myself, but you can just go make pictures and it's, it's an amazing medium that we use because you don't have to understand why it works. You only have to understand how to use it. <laughs> right. Like I don't understand why a sensor records a picture and why two thirds of the sensor only records green <laughs> like that that doesn't make sense to me but but it sure makes a good picture <laughs> <laughs> right okay. okay all right, all right. I, I, we're, we're running out of time here <laughs> I, love, I love i love the show this was a really fun one i hope the listeners are going to love it too and uh we're, we close up every show talking doodads so mm, yeah levi what's what's your doodads well, since we're talking flash and, and especially speed lights, you've got to get some magnet mod tools, mag mod tools. It's, is it magnetmod.com or is it It mag is. Mod? It's magnetmod.com. Yep. Yeah. And so what, what it is, it's got a, it, it's silicone and magnets and there's a silicone thing that wraps around your flash and it's got ridiculously strong magnets in it and you stick a gel on there and now you can change the color of your light. You stick a grid on there and now you change the shape of your light. And they've got a brand new soft box that's oh. uh, just launched and I get, I get to use it next week in my, I'm actually teaching this class next week at WPPI. If anyone's in town, come on a photo walk with me at four o'clock on Wednesday and uh, we'll, we'll be practicing all this stuff and their magnet mod is, or mag mod is giving me their, their new soft box to work with. And it's convenient and easy to use, and it takes your speed lights, and you can put two speed lights in it really securely. I, I just think they make the most innovative lighting tools out there. Oh yeah! And I use them every day. Like every time I shoot, I'm using their tools. Um, 
I love them. So check right. out magnetmod.com. Yeah, I have no hesitation, highly recommending all of their gear they have there. I am so jealous. I want to get some time with that softbox so bad. I, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, it um, looks so good. Um, yeah, it just, might accidentally get stolen by a mugger while I'm using it. I don't know. <laughs> don't tell Trevor. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have Trevor come on too and, and talk about this. So, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I'm trying excellent. to get him to come on. Um, all right. So, my doodad is the Godox AD200 flash strobe. Uh, yeah. And I am so impressed with this thing. I Honestly, I was not sure I was going to go here because they're $300 a strobe, a flash strobe. And that was like way beyond what I'm used to spending on flash gear, <laughs> flash equipment. I'm into the $65 flashes. And uh, like Godox has that too, the T- TT600 is a really, really good flash for 65 bucks. We'll, we'll do everything that you we've just talked about. But the difference between that and the 8200 is the, the recycle time. That's like the very biggest factor to me, um, which means we talked about how the, there's the capacitors have to fill up so they can fire off and, and make the light go out. It's like the lightning strike that has to happen. And uh, with some of the, the less expensive flashes, the time it takes for those capacitors to recharge and get ready so that they can fire again uh, can can start to take time, especially as the batteries, usually AA batteries that are in there wear down. They charge. It takes more and more time to charge. And I've had to turn it on. I've been using these for a long, long time. I've had to turn on the wine, the little the, the indicator that it'll make this shriek <laughs> right? <laughs> as you're taking the shots, finally saying, okay, when when it's finally charged back up to capacity so it's ready to fire again then it will give this shriek out saying i'm ready <laughs> and uh and i hate sitting there waiting i'm i'm waiting for the shriek to happen before yeah, your subject ha- is sitting there yeah, smiling the and models smiling waiting and, and they're worse. all smiling and i'm like <laughs> yep. hold on hang on <laughs> so um the the AD200 has been worth the investment they're 300 bucks so yes that is quite a bit more but it has been worth it to me as I um, now the I've done multiple shoots with them now and there's like no recycle time. They are ready instantly for me to go and take the next shot. So uh, really cool. I can highly recommend them. They are pricey, but they're worth it. And uh, that's coming from a hobbyist who looks for everything I can do to cut the, the expenses on buying gear. So that's the one that's shaped like a brick, right? It is shaped like a brick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Not the traditional. And it, so it does mean that you can't mount it in some of the, the modifiers that you might have for the flashes that are shaped more like a a hinge. They have a hinge that the flash moves. There's no hinge in this at all. And um, so I, I did have some modifiers that I can't use with them and I've had to buy some different ones with the Bowens mount to get them there. But, oh man, I am so happy I made that investment in these these flash strobes are really good. But all the magnet mods, all the mag mod stuff. It still works. works. Yep. Yeah. I've totally used awesome. the mag mod stuff. Even the new speed light. Yeah. It would. It's, it's it's not just faster. It's brighter too. It is. There's like, way more power that can come out of it. Yeah. Yep. It would completely replace my studio strobes for everything I do. Oh, it, it is so incredible. It has all the features we just talked about. You combine it with their wireless trigger, which is very inexpensive. And uh, it's it's a really like for the strobe effect that you can get out of it. It's the most inexpensive way I know to do it. So it's it's great. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Let's uh let's close up the show. We're gonna remind you that you can check out the show notes, masterphotographypodcast.com. 
You're going to want to see Levi's photos. You're going to go over there and check out the show notes. Uh, Facebook group, Master Photography Podcast. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. So you don't have to guess about that. And you can find my work, jsharmanphotos.com, or my other podcast is Photo Taco Podcast, where I go into the geek geeky nerdy stuff that uh, Levi doesn't want to talk about. <laughs> I don't mind geeky nerdy stuff. No, I like all it. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, at Facebook, I'm Harmon Jeff or Twitter, Harmon underscore Jeff, Instagram, Harmon Jeff. But don't have to remember any of that because it'll all be in links in the show notes. Got to go check out the show notes. Levi, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. Photo Levi is my, my uh, photography Instagram. Outdoors Levi is my hunting photography and outdoors stuff Instagram. Uh, you can find my articles on photofocus.com and find me on Facebook as well. Levi Sim, S-I-M. Very good. And your cool logo. I like, I love your Levi Sim thanks. logo. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining, Levi. I had, had tons of fun talking with you about this. You too. All we right. uh, we still need to do a photo walk. Yeah, it would be Next fun. Next time I'm down there. We could try so one fun. this week, but we only have Saturday night. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we could do it next Friday. Next Friday? All right, we'll talk. I might be in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, listeners. We're so so happy to have you. Remind you again, if you can, go fill out that survey. That would really help us out. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again in another seven days. 